This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Next on Plains FM, host Tina Dakin-Luke interviews inspiring women on This Is Who We Are. I'm Tina Dakem-Luke and this is Who We Are. Happy New Year. I hope this podcast finds you well and that Christmas was meaningful and fun. So here we are at the cusp of a new year, 2022. Changing times may make you feel a little cautious and uncertain around what the year may bring. Often an antidote to that is to focus on what we can control mentally, emotionally, physically and spiritually. At the end of last year, I decided to go to a beginner Maori class, and that is something I will be continuing this year. It's educational, fun, and an activity just for me. One in five Maori speak te reo. 50,000 New Zealanders speak it fluently, and around 150,000 New Zealanders self-report some knowledge of the language. I personally find Maori a beautiful language, I decided to do the course because I enjoyed the component in my primary teacher training, albeit brief, and a long time ago. And a five-year-old client was always correcting my pronunciation, and I felt I owed it to her to step up my game. The teacher and the framework shape our experience in any class. I enjoyed the course I did, and I'm thrilled to have my kayako in the studio today. So grab a drink up a chair, get comfy, and I will introduce her after this. Kia kaha tātai 
Sopa, so lovely to have you in the studio today. How are you in this? We're having a little bit of a heat wave mm, at the moment. Katie Wera aho, very hot, very yes. hot today indeed. <laughs> so can you uh, give us a wee brief synopsis of what made you decide to immerse yourself in the Māori language? Uh, well, I grew up in the North Island in a, a town called Narua Wahia, which had a very high Māori population. And um, my father was actually a, a school principal, and um, we were sort of quite immersed in the Māori culture where we grew up. Um, my father would speak it uh, fairly regularly at home in a normalised sort of setting, so that was lovely. So for me, I sort of heard a lot of Te Māori growing up, and it became very normal for me. Um, so when I went to Teachers Training College and I became a teacher, um, I very much continued with my um, journey of wanting to learn more and also wanting to help other people become quite confident uh, with using Te Reo Māori. Being a Pākehā, um, for me, it was uh, an interesting journey. Um, and then I married a lovely Māori man who is Ngai Tahu descent and we had two children and when we had our children we decided that we wanted to raise them to be bilingual. Uh, so we got very serious in our journey of learning Te Reo Māori. So we went to um, university and we did a postgraduate diploma, full immersion one-year course, which was a huge learning, um, learning curve for both of us. And we came out the other side um, feeling confident in, in, in using it more often on a daily basis, um, as do our children. So in a nutshell, that was really what got me on the road. How did you introduce your children to the language? Did you speak uh, both languages in the home or did you make a decision to focus on one? We, try, we tried. Um, we, we, we are still not fluent, uh, so we tried to use it as much as possible at home in a, in a normal context. My, my daughter was a climber. One of the first things I learned how to say to her in Te Reo Māori was ehekekararo, which means get down. <laughs> um, so what we tried to do is we tried to think of all the things that we would say to our children a lot at home and we took that out of our English vocabulary and we put Māori phrases in there instead. So we, we built on that. So gradually over time, we replaced more and more um, English with Māori so that those things became normalised in the house and then we just kept adding to it basically. So yeah, we just built it up. So unfortunately for my children, we went overseas for five years. When I say unfortunately, as in <laughs> it was an amazing experience, but in terms of Te Reo Māori, um, it really didn't do them any favours, but since we've come back, it's been quite amazing actually. Because as children, they were quite immersed in it. My um, my girl and my boy went to Tuakahurahuramanu actually, which is here at um, at the Polytech, and um, so they had that very early learning. Uh, real experience and um, I think it's something that they tucked away and when we came back it sort of blossomed in them again so they, they had those foundations so uh, my boy especially it's been quite easy for him to pick it back up again And but it has also helped him being overseas because we were in the Middle East and he was trying to learn Arabic and then we were in China and he was trying to learn Mandarin uh, so once you have yeah, your ear for languages mm. or once you have those neural pathways I think any any language becomes easier. So, yeah. I do agree with that. I did French and German at university, and, uh, and that's why I loved coming to your classes because it, it harked me back to that. Right. But I did. I already had those elements inside of me on knowing how to begin with a language yeah. and um, not to feel too overwhelmed yeah. and just literally start with one word and yeah. then flesh it out from there. 
It, when we were doing our postgraduate, it was a really um, amazing experience because I also, um, as a, a kaiako, I'm a teacher in my day job, and um, I taught overseas um, EAL, which is English as an additional language. So being in that year at university where everything was delivered in Māori, I had to do all my, you know, my essays in Māori, it really put me in the shoes of the learner and really gave me a great insight as to how... Um, how shy um, you do feel about learning a new language. And so when I was teaching overseas and I had these poor, frightened, deer in headlight children sitting in front of me, I was like, I know, I know, I know exactly where you are. So, yeah, that certainly helped me in that respect as well. And a lovely uh, tip that you had for us in our class was to choose some phrases and pop them on the fridge. And then just mm. wait until you've really got them entrenched in your daily life and then and swap them, them up a bit. Yeah, yeah. And have you done that? Yeah. <laughs> Car <laughs> No, definitely, definitely. It's um when I when I teach in schools, I say that to the kaiako, the teachers, I say, you know, there are so many phrases that we say to the children all the time, you know, come to the mat, where is your book, where's your pencil? And I said, you know, what what we need to start looking at is, you know, choosing those phrases that are everyday phrases and then taking them out of our English vocabulary um, so that it becomes normal to just say it in, in Māori. And when you find yourself not having to stop and think, I'm now going to speak in Māori, um, you know, it just comes out as a normal phrase. That's when you know that you've got that phrase ticked off, you know, down pat, and then you can look at you know, learning new ones. So, yeah, I think it's a really, really um, um, good way of doing it and, it, and it makes sense and it's realistic mm. as well. Because if you're going to use those phrases, then you're going to yeah learn them. If you are just learning random words that you might bust out once a year sort of thing, you don't consolidate them. So, yeah. yeah. I think what I was also surprised about, you know, being in a beginner class is that how easy it is to break down very long Māori mm. words and know how to pronounce them mm. and don't have to be so scared of them. No, that's exactly right. And that's what I say. I mean, my beginning classes are only um, six, six weeks, so six one-hour um, lessons. Um, and there's no way that people are going to be able to walk out of there <laughs> with any fluency in, in the slightest. But I do say to them, you know, if, if the one thing you can take away is that, you know, you can look at any Māori word, you know, read it or hear it or um, being able to decode and encode, you know, being able to break down a Māori word so that you could say it correctly. Um, or if you hear a Māori word and you want to spell it, you know, once you have those vowel sounds. And learning um, to read and write Māori is so much easier than English. Yes. Um, you know, the exceptions and the rules that make up the, the English language are, um, yeah, mind-blowing. Whereas in Māori, once you learn, it's only 15 sounds, 15 phonemes, you know. Once you learn those sounds, that's it. There are no exceptions. You know, like in English language, you know, G makes a G sound and H makes a H sound unless they're together, in which they make, you know, like the word, you know, sight, H S I. GHT, it's, it's silent, you know what I mean? So there are exceptions and you're like, constantly. Ooh, but constantly, once you learn yeah. in Māori that, you know, uh, you know, N will always say N, yeah, H will always say H, uh, no exceptions. And, um, yeah. What are the sounds that you find uh, learners struggle with the most? 
The vowel sounds are tricky for them, um, especially the um, the I sound making an E sound. Um, and then you have the NG sound, which we actually do make in, in English when we say the word um, song. You've got that NG, that ng sound at the end of the word. Um, but in Māori, uh, it's often um, at the beginning of a word. And so saying that ng sound at the beginning of a word, people struggle with. Um, rolling the R's, you know, having that slight that slight roll of the R, um, that people find that tricky. And um, when you see an O, wanting to make the O sound instead of O, so yeah, definitely the vowels, the NG, and the um, and the yeah the R sound. But you know, very few tricky sounds. And once you've got them, yeah, yeah, you don't got lose them. them. No, well, hopefully not if, if you're using it. Yeah. You don't lose if you use. So yeah. And there's a richness in storytelling that I loved too that um, is fascinating when you start delving into actually um, the stories that are passed down generationally. Mm. And then a juxtapose it to that is like place names. I found it really interesting when you broke down that actually they're very practical. Mm. So a lot of like places that Māori name is not um, philosophical, it's mm. more like next to a bridge or... Mm, absolutely, yeah. Oh, I'm pleased that you enjoyed that part. Yeah, I, fi- I found it fascinating and it's an interesting one how many people say to me um, afterwards, you know, all of a sudden they're seeing street signs and, and place names and they're really looking at them and they're being able to find small parts of them that they now recognise and, and that's, that's, that's um, you know, that's all part of, of solidifying our place in Aotearoa because it's like the place we live and so it's lovely to actually understand, yeah, the um, the the reason behind some of the names, the the history, the stories, yeah, rather than it's just 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 a street because it's got a nice name. Yeah. yeah. Can you explain to the listeners the meaning of ototahi? Well, as I explained in my class, it's an interesting one because stories were passed down um, orally, obviously. Um, it was a very oral language and things weren't um, written down um, traditionally. And so when you hear a story of why a place is named that, that, that way, it's like it's just one story. And so the story that I tell of ōtautahi is the, the word ō means the place of, and then tautahi was a, um, was a chief, and so the place of tautahi. Um, and though, but then there are other stories about what, you know, why it was named that way. Um, so it's an interesting one. So when you hear a story, yes, it's one of them, depending on who you talk to, what, you know, maybe what tribe you talk to, they could have a slightly different slant on it. But yeah, ototahi, the story I tell is, is um, and there's lots of for, uh, listeners that are interested, you know, if you go onto the Christchurch Library websites, um, there are a lot of um, pūrāko, a lot of story on there, um, stories on there around place names around ototahi, around Christchurch and why they're named um, the way that they are. So it's, yeah, it's fascinating once you start to dig into things. And, yeah, yeah. So the tribe affiliated with Ototahi is Ngaitahu. Ngaitahu, yeah. And they say Ngaitahu a little different? Ngai, well, that you've got that NG sound at the beginning, yeah. Ngai, Ngai tahu. Um The Kaitahu dialect is uh, an interesting one because the Kaitahu dialect replaces NG with a K. And so um, you've got Aurangi, um, um, Auraki used, used to be Aurangi. And I, I talk about if you look on some old maps, you see Aurangi with an NG in the middle of it. But now it's it's Auraki because it's got the K, which was ah. replaced because of the Kaitahu dialect. Right. Um, so, yeah, so depending on who you are speaking to um, and if you hear yeah there are some sounds in, in the kaitahu dialect um, that are 
the same words but having that ng replaced with the k so to some people it sounds like a completely different word but it's actually the same word but it's just spelt differently and obviously pronounced differently as well so it's a dialectual thing do you have a couple of uh, words or phrases that the listeners might be able to practice going into the new year around Christmas time or um, even just if they're running into friends and family? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you've got, obviously, you've got uh, Merry Kitty Himati, which is Merry Christmas. Um, I've also seen that as being um, Hare, which is happy, you know, Hare um, Kitty Himati, which is Christmas. Um, you know, the general Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, you've got the Ngamehi o Te Toho, which is the new year, but it's interesting because of course the new year for Pākehā, the 1st of January, is not the Māori new year, uh-huh. and yes. so you might hear someone say um, Nā mihi um, o te tauhau Pākehā, which is you know, greetings to the Pākehā new year, <laughs> um, because of course Matariki is the Māori new year which is normally around June or July so for, for Māori, yeah, it's, it's a different time of the year. Um, just, I suppose, with gift giving, you've, you've obviously got the kia ora because kia ora is hello, plus it's also thank you. So when someone's giving you a gift around Christmas time, you could obviously say kia ora. Um, the word koha um, is often used for gift. It does have a few other names, but koha is probably one that people would recognise the most as being gift. Um, so if someone gave you a gift, you know, you could say um, kia ora mō te koha, thank you for the gift. Um, I was trying to think of easy ones that um, um, if you're writing a Christmas card, you know, you might say, Merry Kirihimati Kia Tina, you know, to Tina, you know, Merry Christmas to, ki- to Tina. And then at the bottom, you know, you might write Aroha Nui, which is big love or lots of love, um, and you sign out your name. So then there's, there's that. There's lots of little things like I th- in my class, you may remember we talked about wa kai, which is like food time, or wa mui, which is it's bedtime. You know, getting up on Christmas Day, it's wa kirihimiti because it's Christmas time. So the word wa is time. So that's quite a, that's quite a cool one um, that you could get your kids to say, wah, kitty himity, it's Christmas time, because then they all race, of course, towards the Christmas tree <laughs> to open all their gifts. But um, yeah, there are some, I mean, I can give you a list of some things. I don't know if you have links that listeners can go to. to we to, can look into that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that they can, if they're interested in looking at more phrases that might be quite common at Christmas, they can, yeah, click on it maybe. That'd be great. And then also as we go back into uh, beginning of January, a lot of my friends are attempting to use greetings in their emails now too. Mm, mm. So what would be the most, great. most popular ones? Um, well, ngā mihi is a very general one because it just basically means greetings. Um, um, tanga, you know, ngā, basically it's like a, like a, like a general greetings. So mihi, manakitanga, they're general ones. But obviously, um, if it's, it would be different depending on whether you're giving a, a formal work email or you're sending it to your best friend um, to thank them for, you know, having them over for drinks last night. So um, in a formal email, you would probably always start with tēnākwe, which is a formal way to say hello to the person that you are emailing. Um, and then the same with signing off a, a, an email. But there's some really cool things online that people can just Google, just email greetings and Sereo Māori, and lots of things will come up there. And there's lots of different yeah, things for people to have a look at and to choose which they feel comfortable with, what they actually understand, because obviously it's important to understand what you're writing. Um, but, yeah, yeah, if, if people are interested in, in, in doing that with emails, yeah, de- definitely a simple Google search will give them some resources. 
And I noticed even at preschool now that there's a lot more emphasis on the language. And even um, before mm. the children have kai time, they mm. might say a certain phrase. Mm-hmm. Or... Absolutely. Yep. Karakia kai is, is big in, in preschools and in primary schools, which is lovely. Mm. Um, you know, Māori, um, using te reo Māori in schools has always been, well, not always at all, sorry. Um, since 1987, I guess, it was the year that revitalisation of te reo Māori really got its it's kick up the bum. Oh, don't know. Can I say that? <laughs> you have kick up the bottom um, because you know that was the yeah. So 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 that was the year that um, you know the government was started to pass you know the bills saying that and you know we needed to revitalise it. But um, so in schools it's always been there. But it's lovely that the government has recognised that um, you know the te tiriti of Waitangi has always also been there in the background for many many years. Um, but now you know the the minister of Education especially have recognised that, you know, it needs to be more than just a token nod to it and that, um, I mean, there are so many benefits to learning a new language. I mean, we talk, we've we talked about this in class that, um, you know, you've got your cognitive, but, you know, it's really good for your memory. It's really good for cre- your creativity. It's really good for multitasking. There are, there are cognitive benefits to learning any new language. Um, but then, of course, living in Aotearoa, um, it's really good for your connection because, you know, if you can speak the Indigenous language, then you're obviously going to be able to connect more um, to, to a variety of people and, you know, you have that sense of belonging and, and feeling like you, yeah, that, that, um, and people who are talking to you, if you've made that effort to learn te reo Māori, then, you know, they'll have more of a connection to you as well. So there's those sorts of benefits, but then there's also job opportunities in New Zealand. I mean, you know, if you've That's got true. being able to speak te reo Māori on your CV, um, you know, chances are that that will give you some sort of advantage at some stage, um, depending on what field you might be in. So, yeah, there's just so many different reasons why learning te reo Māori and, and learning for children, especially early childhood, the, the younger you learn a language, you know, the, the younger you are when you are building those neural pathways, obviously the better and the easier because <laughs> as you get older, it gets harder it to does. learn. One good thing about being older, though, and learning a new language is that it, it has been shown through studies to help um, ward off dementia. Mm, so it might be go. too late oh. for me. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> If you ask my kids. But. No, no, no. So, yeah, definitely learning in schools, um, there are definite advantages, and that's what I say, um, you know, like like intelligences, like, um, you know, maths and music, and, you know, they're all different types of intelligences, and languages is another one. Um, and at the very least, you know, if you're not, um, you know, completely committed to learning um, te reo Māori, which, you know, we live in New Zealand, so that would be a shame if you're not, but, you know, learning a new language is really, really good for children's brains. So, yeah, yeah. And it's a wonderful, inclusive uh, thing to be able to do with your family as well. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And it becomes a real um, lovely thing to do, actually, to, to challenge each other to to increase the use in the home so that you're finding other ways to, yeah, other ways to communicate with each other in a more natural setting. So definitely it does, yeah, increases those connections, definitely. You've got the beginner class, mm-hmm. and I'm looking forward to going to your next class. <laughs> Which I, am... I called Beginner Plus because oh. <laughs> because my beginners found it a bit daunting to, to, to suddenly not be beginners and they're okay. like, but I've only 
had six lessons. Yes. So technically, you you know, you're still a beginner, but I call it beginner plus because it's um, you know it just builds on the foundation that we've already started. You know, it just builds on our pronunciation. It, we just start to build more complex sentence structures and and things like that. So yeah, I call it beginner plus. <laughs> and then um, and after that, um, I have what. What I'm calling level one, which is for those who who do feel more confident but want to get, you know, to get really into it, get stuck into it, and start getting their teeth dug into it. So, yeah. So, and where do you run these classes? I have been running them through um, Pioneer and um, the Learning Centre at South at Christchurch on Columbus Street, the library there. Um, I have been out Lincoln to the event centre. Um, I also do um, through, um, like I've been in talks with different private corporations who want me to come in to, you know, work with their staff, um, which is which is lovely. So in the new year that will be happening, um, a few a different, a couple of different organisations who say, well, you know, we have so many people here who want to do it, you know, rather than us come to you, how about we pay you to come to us so That's that we Yeah, which well I'm fine so long yeah. as you know. <laughs> so yeah, no, so that that that's that that I'm looking forward to doing that. And I also push into um, you know, early childhood centres and schools and I help I help Kaiqua with their confidence and and basically their pronunciation because if you can pronounce a mouldy word, do you know what I mean? The rest of it's jam. The rest yeah. of it's jam. Um um, you know, depending on how much you want to use it, um, but pronouncing, I think, is is the basics, which I think is quite important for, for all New Zealanders, anyway. So, if uh, listeners are wanting to get hold of you, how can they do that? Well, that's a really good question. Um, I do actually have a website, but it's not actually up and running at the moment because <laughs> I keep changing it. Um, but um, I think if they, if if you just googled Kōrēroaki, I'm pretty sure that my um, my flyers would come up um, because they are on different places like LinkedIn and stuff like that. So um, Kōrero Aki is K-O-R-E-R-O-A-K-E, Kōrero Aki. It means to speak up. Um, and, yeah, and um, they'll be able to find my flyers in there that have my contact information with my um, Gmail address and my phone number. Awesome. Well, I can highly recommend it, and I'll definitely be wanting to sign up for Beginner Plus. <laughs> <laughs> Yay for you. And I'll, I'll see if my little sidekick will come along mm, with me too. Mm. But yeah, I, mm. I really enjoyed it. Oh, and you. I think the way that um, the class is broken up into different elements, uh, you're not sort of just sitting there like old school mm, um, mm. being taught at. Mm. It's quite immersive. So. Yeah, I quite like it to be interactive, but our friend Mr. COVID made it quite difficult this it time around. interesting. Yeah, because. Yeah we were all trying to physically distance and, you know, with our masks and I like to do a lot of games, you know, and peer activities and so that made it quite hard this time around. But normally, yes, uh, you mean, you know, everyone has different learning styles. Um, I certainly am very visual, so I quite like being taught in front of a projector, you know, I'm looking at things, yeah. but not everyone does. And so, um, yeah, the more active we get, um, obviously the more awake people are, <laughs> getting up and moving. Um, but, yeah, no, it's fun. I enjoy it and I love the fact that people like you, you know, you say, oh, I'll come back for beginning class because it's lovely because then you develop that, you know, phenomenatunga of, you know, you're getting to know your classmates because, you know, learning a new language is um, quite daunting. It's quite scary. 
Um, I get a lot of feedback from people who say, oh, I didn't really like having to talk to my partner in the beginning because I didn't really know them. And you've got that fear of getting it wrong and then that fear of being, well, not ridiculed. I don't think anyone in the class would have ridiculed you. But for some reason, people come into these classes with their experiences that haven't always been positive yes, they do. in the yeah. past. And so that's something that I really love is that most people, um, you know, when they do give me feedback and they just say, um, you know, it was so relaxing in terms of I felt okay to give things a go and I didn't feel like if I made errors it was going to be, yeah, if it was going to be an embarrassing thing. So that's lovely. Well, Sharon, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule <laughs> to come and chat today. And um, No worries. Thank uh, you for I, having me. I thoroughly recommend uh, everyone taking up something new in the new year and um, let's start with Māori. Kia ora. So welcome everybody into 2022. I really hope that uh, it has been a wonderful holiday for you and that you're feeling renewed and revitalised and ready for the new year. And uh, yeah, I look forward to maybe seeing some of you at uh, Beginner Plus starting <laughs> soon. Ke kaha Christchurch.